0: All right, today is Wednesday for 6th, the eve of the NFL season. We get ready for another wild ride. Week zero and week one of college football are in the books. So we got a lot to do, whole NFL preview. Uh, got to learn and see some things in the college football landscape. Um and all this while Parsh is drafting the end of his fantasy team. So Pac Show, last year I was drafting a team when we did it, and that team ended up winning. So hopefully some of that luck can carry over. But we'll start with some college football. I think the story of the week of week one and the game of week one, aside from from those two top ten teams in in, uh, Florida playing with Florida State and LSU was definitely Colorado TCU defending – runner-ups versus the Deion Sanders show and the transfer portal revamp Travis Hunter and um, and uh, Shador Sanders take down TCU um, a lot of people myself included were all over TCU 20-point favorite losing outright uh, Parshar is Colorado the real deal or might this be a little, a little is that a little uh, preemptive So
1: I will say I am someone who can get kind of, uh, I don't know the best word, stubborn, especially when it comes to gambling. And after Saturday, like the first half Saturday, I was watching that game and I was like, Colorado looks good. They look like a talented big 12 team from like, right when the air raid era was taking off, like those Oklahoma state teams that had like Justin Blackman and Brandon Whedon um, trying to think who else. I mean, Des Bryant played on, they looked like an Oklahoma state team from like the beginning of the Gundy era or a Mike Leach team, like those classic air raid, like really good QB superstar wide receiver and like enough to make it happen everywhere else. And then holding on, it reminded me of watching Geno Smith play against Baylor. That was another game. I remember being a kid when they like both QBs threw for over 500 yards. It was an amazing game uh, points wise, everything. That's what it reminded me of. And then I had to take a step back and be like, I thought Colorado was going to be terrible this year. I thought they were going to be a roster full of, you know, former four and three star fuck ups who, you know, didn't work out for whatever reason, never got on the field at their previous school a handful, you know, three to four really, really talented guys like Travis Hunter. Shador obviously proved himself to be that the other night or the other day. Uh, Edwards, the running back, he was a highly rated guy. He's a freshman. But I wasn't really expecting you – Karmani know, McLean's a five-star on their team. He's a freshman who I don't think got that many reps. He's a corner. But I was expecting to kind of be like – I don't know, just – a few really cool plays and then just get completely dominated specifically up front and i will say i'm a little worried now that i'm just wrong and it could be like tcu last year where like in the end yeah i end up you know making a pretty large bet or tennessee too is another example where i continue to think the public's too hot on this team there's too much you know media hype going on i'm going to continue to fade them and yeah in the end they fall flat like tennessee against georgia and south carolina or tcu against georgia but like it took a long time to get to those games and i'm kind of worried i'm going to do the same thing with colorado so i i think they might be at least decent
0: i am nervous that they this is like gonna almost even though it's one game it almost seems it was, like, a little bit too much too quickly. So mm-hmm. I was I tweeted out one of the clips of Shador Sanders talking after the game. He's, like, saying it's not that different than the FCS. FBS versus FCS, not that different. I don't even look at the names. There's good players. Uh, the only difference is that, like, there's a couple more good players now. You, you did beat TCU, but your defense gave up 42 points. I don't know how consistently – you're going to be able to have Travis Hunter play well on both sides of the ball. When we get into October, November and you stop playing a TCU team who brought back three offensive starters. Like, yeah, they were great last year, brought back three offensive starters on an offense that was good last year, but it wasn't anything like historic. It was like an average big 12 offense where they're in all these tight one score games. Uh, You will give up 42 and you hang a lot on them, which is great, but I'm afraid that they might be, it might be too much too quickly and everybody all over them. I think people are going to turn on them quickly. If they start to struggle and look back at some of these things that uh, they're doing and they're saying that look good when you're winning, like no captains having the leaders and the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. you could like, look like an be,
1: idiot if you end up with three wins and you have leader and dog on your shirt.
0: Yeah, the L on the jersey is not going to play great. Like, that's something – if Georgia does that and you're winning, that's one thing. But um, I think that the over-adjustment this week is going to be crazy on the books. Yeah, and the I agree. Line. They're three-point favorites against Nebraska. I don't know what that line would have been before last week. Um, and I believe it was there's 11. And they're such a, or, and there's such five a or sexy – and they're such a sexy pick and Nebraska is more of a gross, ugly game. And like how they played against Minnesota wasn't like they weren't lighting up the scoreboard. I think it's a great spot for Nebraska. Um, I think the, these guys might honestly, the way that they're talking and acting seems like they're, they're defending two time defending national champions when really they just, they almost lost a TCU team that had they not had their great year last year, like on paper, probably should not have even been ranked or 100%. clearly should not have been favored by nearly as much. Um That's my only concern with them. It was a great win. They're exciting. They're always going to get eyes, but I am still rather low on Colorado.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you're completely right there. I think that, um, Sorry, I just had to make my pick. But I think if you had to put money on it right now, I took Elijah Moore. By the way, um, who who I dislike strongly, but it was a good pick. Um, so if, I think if you made me put money on it, would this be the start of something big for Colorado, or is this the peak of their season? I would say it's the peak of their season. The one thing I was talking about earlier today and yesterday with some, uh, some of the guys I live with and stuff was. I could see this week, let's say that line gets to like three and a half, because that's where most of the money's coming in. Excuse me. Uh most of the money's coming in. I could see them maybe winning by like three. So they can keep the hype. You know, not as many people care about the betting lines in like the public eye. It's getting more and more popularized, but like if Colorado wins, let's say they win on like, like a walk off touchdown or field goal, they win by three. No one's gonna be like, oh well, they didn't cover. It's going to be like, oh, my God, Colorado 2-0. They beat Colorado State. They would be going into Eugene that Saturday, the 23rd, same day as Clemson, FSU, and Notre Dame, Ohio State. They would be going in to that game 3-0, and playing an Oregon team that would most likely be ranked. I can see that being the peak, but I think there's a better chance they I lose bet. this weekend than them actually winning any meaningful games.
0: Yeah, if they start three and zero, they're going to be right. Ra- they're probably going to be top fifteen team in the country or top twenty. Oh yeah, because they're twenty two right now. Yeah, because the rankings this week just came out. What are they? You said they're twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think this is just like insane hype and and over correction, and I think there really is going to be a lot of opportunity to make money at least this week on Nebraska. Uh, I, I still think agree. their ceiling is. If they make a bowl game, it would be an incredible season after what they did last year and their schedule. Like they're going to be touchdown plus underdogs, um, Oregon, Oregon State, USC, Utah, all those games. Like, yeah, I know they were three touchdown dogs to TCU, but these other teams are way better than TCU. I would be. I think this helped a lot if they want to try to get to six wins and get to a bowl game in their first, in Dion's first year. um, I would still be surprised if that happened. So I'm still rather low on them. I think this almost more might be um, TCU might really be, might really struggle this year and might only be like a three or four win team if they're not beating Colorado.
1: Yeah. I think this told us more about TC. It's really hard to say. And I am, I am a hater. And this is just a perfect hater spot. I think it told us more about TCU being a last year. I mean, they got exposed in the championship game. Like they were good, but the biggest point differential of the season was the national championship. And like, there's a lot of cupcake games. The first three weeks, the biggest difference was the championship. TCU did not belong on that field a week after an Ohio state team that showed flaws throughout the season had that Georgia team beat before injuries. So TCU clearly was also not on the top tier playing field last year. Now take away half that team and almost all the impact players outside of like one or two guys in the secondary. And Colorado's strength is wide receiver quarterback. So you're fighting strength to strength. TCU ran the ball down their throats. They had their Chad Morris throws two interceptions inside the 10-yard line. TCU. Yeah. I think he had a third interception too. Maybe TCU didn't capitalize. They would run the ball all the way down and throw a pick like, and they still had the game one until one minute left. Like, I think we're going to see that TCU maybe is like a six and six team, you know, like barely bowl eligible. And then you look at Colorado, they still have to play Nebraska next week, coming off all this hype. Nebraska's coming off a bad loss, new coach, it's not a must win for them. Obviously it's year one, but like if you start down 0 and 2 in the non-conference or I guess the first game, they played an early big 10 game, but still starting your first season off 0 and 2 at a place like Nebraska that has not been good in a long time. Like this is a huge game for them. They can kind of put their name back on the map after all this hype of Colorado Then you play CSU is not very good, but again, in state, you never know. Could be a lot of guys that wanted to go there that didn't get to, and then you go right into Oregon on the road, then USC. And next thing you know, you could be two and three, leaving that USC game. All the hype's dead. You play Arizona state, move into another couple games against ranked teams. They still have a really tough schedule in that really, really loaded pac 12. I think it's a better chance again, that this is the peak. And as far as the development of the program, if you're Dion, this is all you needed out of year one. I genuinely believe that like, They could only win two more games the rest of the year, and he could go in the portal. He could go to high school kids and be like, look at what happened the first Saturday of the year. We won one game, and every single person in the country was talking about Colorado. We need 10 or 12 more guys to get to a point where we can compete like that every week. But if you do and you come here and you win, you will be the most famous college football players in the country. I think he could sell people on that because right now that's all anyone's talking about.
0: Yeah. And the guys that are going to go to Alabama and Georgia are going to go there anyway. And if you're between a smaller power five school in Colorado, the opportunity to play for Deion Sanders and have that relationship and have that guy to go to bat for you is almost invaluable. So, yeah, I agree. I think when we look back on this game, it'll be like, oh, that was probably the game of week one, but we'll mm-hmm. have no real implications when it comes down to determining any conference champion or national champion. Um, what's interesting though, is, is the Heisman odds shot up for Sanders um, and Hunter, but they, I don't know if you can really win and compete for the Heisman if you, are on a team that wins six games, five games. I don't know who the last guy to be a Heisman finalist was in the last 10 years. I wonder who the Heisman finalist was on the worst team was probably like an eight and four team. Um, But yeah,
1: that's, that's a little more surprising. So I I agree with you. you. Can't go six and six, but I think if you carry a team to like an eight and four record, Yeah, they won
0: eight games, one of those
1: guys will be – Yeah,
0: like Tebow, I think, only won
1: eight games his Heisman year. They lost at least three.
0: Yeah, so so I think you need to get to seven or eight to get in that conversation because I know those odds were chopped in half for both those guys. Um, And that's also a
1: fact of a lot of people are watching that game. It's Big Noon kickoff. It was the only game at the time, and they're taking so much money on at the books that they can't – they have to limit their exposure, so they drop the odds – and they mm-hmm. also they they played great. Like all, did, yeah, considered- no, there's no
0: there's no denying that they deserve to win that game. I mean, setting it's not just like oh they beat the shit out of a shitty team. He set the record for passing yards in Colorado. Yeah, a they won one like national, won national title. championships. Yeah. Like they they're not. This isn't some some D three or newly D one school or FCS school where they're breaking records like. There's one thing breaking records at Jackson state with Dion. It's another to be going to Colorado in game one, you breaking records. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta give props to Colorado, but um, if we want to move on to a game that probably will have playoff implications going into the week, most highly anticipated game, Florida LSU or Florida state LSU. LSU came out, looked a little flat and Florida state looked very good. Um, I was a little low on LSU going into the year and I was high on Florida state. And that was a great way to end Saturday or Sunday. Cause that was pretty easy uh, bet. If you're a Florida state better. Um, I think this told us more that Florida state is legit. And after what happened last night, I think that they're in the driver's seat in the ACC based on what we've seen. Um, LSU certainly isn't dead, but you're really behind the eight ball now in a, in a division where you have to play Alabama and uh, be to Georgia to like probably get to the playoffs. So I don't want to say their season's over, but just by watching the product on the field, I don't think that anyone holding an LSU national championship ticket is too pleased with how they played.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of their best defensive linemen was suspended for um, previously signing autographs for money Um which is so dumb considering that's legal now, but then they said he did it before NIL. So stupid, but regardless. um, And then they they were missing their running backs. I think one of them's out like at least four weeks, so they really didn't have a running game at all. So I, again, was also down on UL- LSU. I had their under wins. I think they're going to lose to Bama. I think they'll lose another game in there, get them to at least nine. That cashes the under. I will say one thing about Florida State is, they looked awesome in that second half. Keon Coleman, for, former Michigan State football and basketball player, like we talked about last week. Jordan Travis, sixth year senior. That running back from South Carolina they had, who scored two touchdowns, Jaheim Bell, playing all over the formation. They looked awesome. For as w- awesome as they looked, in the first half, they were. I was not impressed. LSU went down the field on them twice and fumbled the ball inside the 10-yard line a la Clemson which saved them from two scores. And what would have been like more or less a pretty wide margin at halftime. And Jordan Travis threw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in my life. And then almost did it again. The screen pass where he gave the ball right back to them after the fumble. And then he went back and then tried like this weird jump pass over the middle that got tipped and would have been picked if it was left alone. That was really bad. So, I think the Florida State – oh, I'm on the clock. Um, But I think the Florida State hype is going to go a little out of proportion just because – took Tyler Algier. Uh, I think it's just going to go a little out of proportion because I think that that is going to be their only big game until Clemson. We're going to have two cupcakes here in between. LSU is highly ranked, so they're not going to drop too far. Like I still think they're in the teens or whatever. So that's going to be the best win nationally for at least till week four when those games, when Clemson plays them and OSU plays ND. So I think they're going to be able to live off that for a few weeks. Even with Clemson's loss last night, I still expect Clemson to beat them in Death Valley. I was not overly impressed. That's all I say. Yeah. All, all I
0: will say. Yeah, I think you're under LSU is going to be fine. That game was obviously huge for it, especially with a win total up around that nine ten area. They have the vibes of a team that will – that just will die and, like, mm-hmm. lay over and, and not do anything. We saw it last year against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Like, they beat Alabama. They had everything going for them. They get to Georgia, and they, like, give up two big touchdowns early, and they just have, like, no signs of life. Um I said it last week. I was like, this team barely beat Alabama, great win at home, but, like, you're getting up for that. Mm-hmm. They almost lost the next week at Arkansas. They put up 13 points on a nine. I think Arkansas gets them this year, by the way. Like I I see this being I think it's more likely that they win seven games than it is than they win, that they win 10 or 11. Uh, yeah. So I mean they're obviously that's a non-conference, they're still way alive in the in the SEC. Uh, but it's gonna be a true test of Brian Kelly's control of his guys to see if they can lose week one and go back and have the right mindset. I feel like Penn state's that way too. The year they lost to Indiana week one, they just like rolled over and died and they went yeah. like four and five. And how third. many years
1: did they lose the next game after losing to OSU? I know they lost to Michigan state the year after the, like our freshman year.
0: Yeah. Like they're just teams that are there. There are these teams that LSU obviously has had way more success than Penn state in mm-hmm. our lifetime with three national championships but they both i think Florida State's kind of included in there too these teams who have not been pre- have not been great in conference play and have been like knocking on the door when they get that one loss it just takes the wind out of their sails because they feel like they needed to be perfect like when mm-hmm. Penn State like if they were if they lose a game that's not Ohio State or Michigan they they like might mentally pack it in and they have done that in the past and LSU I think could be victim to that um so it's gonna be interesting to see how they bounce back I don't anticipate it being well to be honest but I hope that yeah I hope that it is I mean I'd love to have another competitive game with Alabama this year but I just don't see it in the cards um so staying in the ACC Clemson last night looked horrible they couldn't move the ball anytime they seemed to move the ball they would fumble it or turn it over and I think this is almost more Duke might actually be very good than Clemson being very bad. Uh, Duke's offense. We talked about it last week. They have a
1: legit top 50 player at both quarterback and left tackle, which if you're going to go up against a team, I mean, if you're going to play as an under, you know, less talented team, if you have a stud offensive lineman, you can construct your line around and four guys who aren't tomato cans you know, as long as they're above above average and an elite dual threat QB who might go top 50 after three years, that's the recipe because I would personally slay offensively wide receiver is probably the easiest to unearth gems at at both levels. It's there's so many guys who fall through the cracks with this seven on seven stuff. And there's so many reps that I think those types of teams, like if you're going to construct a team for an upset. Give me a good quarterback. Same thing with Colorado, like Shadour Sanders, obviously, but then they have, I mean, Travis Hunter's an absolute freak. But if you have a good offensive line and a good quarterback, like you can hang in those games. And then Clemson, Clemson's offensive line is worse than Duke's. And I think that was the biggest X factor in that game.
0: Yeah. I I was high on Clemson. I, they look, they just look so bad. Um, but yeah, no, you, I did not. I bet on them, so that was kind of brutal. I didn't think Duke was going to be good, even though we talked about them last week. Just Duke football being good is not something that we're used to. So um, it's exciting. I think the ACC is actually going to be pretty competitive this year. After seeing those teams play, UNC beat beat up on South Carolina. Um, I think South Carolina and LSU were both they both finished the year so hot. They came in this year almost like a little bit. Um, like getting too much credit, I think, on the books mm-hmm. and from from people. Uh, like Rattler and and Daniels were great for a couple games down the stretch, but by and large, like if you watch their whole body of work last year, I don't think either of those, like either of those guys, were spectacular. So fading them like worked out pretty well. Um, but UNC's gonna be good. Duke looks like they're gonna be good. Clemson, I can't imagine will bounce back. And Florida State, and then Louisville's got one of the easier schedules. So they, yeah, they really didn't exciting. look great
1: against Georgia Tech.
0: No, but... they, no, they like should not have covered that game, and they actually didn't. Georgia yeah, Tech, yeah, Georgia cover. Tech stuck in the back. They should have that covered, in yeah, that game was weird. There was a lot of back and forth, uh, like with the line. Like there were lead changes based on the spread. There were a lot of, um, yeah, but. Yeah, last
1: thing about Clemson, I as well was super high on Clemson. I had their over 10 wins. I had them to win that conference, which either of those are dead. I mean, last year they did not look good much of the year, and they won 10 games, and they won the ACC. It just they had no shot at the playoff towards the end and never looked great. One thing I will say about them is the O-line, as I mentioned, stinks, but at the same time, they have seemingly – Klubnick looks like he's pretty good.
0: Uh, Um,
1: Shifley, Shifley's pretty awesome. And the defense that that Duke team is going to score a lot more points against a lot of teams. Clemson made it inside the five yard line, three straight possessions and came in with zero points. There's a lot of play. There's a lot of scenarios. You run that game in where we're sitting here talking about, Hey, like Duke put up a great fight you know, Clemson looks sloppy, but they survived. And next thing you know, they're rolling in top 10 to that Florida state matchup. I would not pronounce their season dead yet, especially with having that Florida state game at home and having this loss to kind of create change and allow Riley to call more of his plays. Garrett Riley, rather than Dabo kind of manipulating him, reminds me a little bit of Ohio state 2014, Their offensive line was terrible against Virginia Tech. They were doing terrible old-school Urban Meyer dated play calling. They lost. And then next thing you know, Tom Herman's getting more control of the offense, more control of the play calling because they brought him in for a reason. Offensive line gels a little bit. Young second-year quarterbacks getting more reps. They have a great running back to rely on. You know, all these things start to come together. And next thing you know, they have a huge road win for Clemson be at home. Ohio State was against Michigan State, you know, against a team who, you know, based on earlier results and previous years, looked like the favorite to go to a playoff and their season's right back on track. They come out of nowhere and they still make an impact. I could see that narrative coming back up, but I could also see them, you know, they get shellacked at home. The season's over and People are starting to ask for Dabo to be back on the hot or on the hot seat.
0: Yeah, I like that, that game is going to tell us a lot. I mean, it's going to be a, like a tone center for the ACC. If Florida State wins; they're really in the driver's seat for the playoff because Clemson's going to have a tough time getting to the ACC championship with two losses, and Florida State can afford a loss then to somebody else and still make the ACC championship and win it, and probably avoid playing Clemson again, who's probably the most talented team um, in the ACC. Uh, so last, before we get to the NFL, our two teams, um, I didn't watch – I watched some of the Ohio State game, but it wasn't a very competitive game. Uh, they yeah. took care of business um, against Boring. Indiana. Boring how, game. <laughs> bore, yeah, give us your – break Break it down. How are we feeling? Has anything changed, or was that kind of how you thought it was going to go for, for your Buckeyes.
1: So as an under ticket holder and someone who, if I don't bet an Ohio state spread, it's because I, am I think you should take the other team. Cause I would never bet against Ohio state. Um, I don't, I don't believe in mixing pleasure with dollars. Um, So I thought, you know, right away that we're going to look sloppy. We always look sloppy. This whole two quarterback thing looks weird. Not naming an outright starter usually means you don't have one rather than you have two. them not playing Devin Brown at all. Despite McCord looking pretty sloppy. They put McCord, they put Brown in for three plays the next drive after McCord threw a pick and they went run, run QB draw that got stuff. They punted and he didn't see another snap until the last series when they were kneeing the ball out. That was super weird. Cause if you're going to do that, just McCord's the starter, name him the starter. It's his team go forward. But I don't know if he's going to play a shit ton against Youngstown State. I don't really know. We'll have to see. But the offensive line looked terrible. It was somewhat reminiscent of the Clemson game where they could only call slower developing pass plays because anytime they tried to hit something deep, it was or like a longer developing route. There was three guys from Indiana in the backfield. Granted, they were blitzing a lot because you're fucking Indiana, you're thirty point underdogs. Go for it. You know, maybe you make them make a few mistakes, you're in the game, and they were for a little bit. But I think the biggest concern right now is not the quarterback. I think McCord made enough throws where he'll be fine with all the talent they have offensively. I think if that offensive line doesn't gel, Ohio State is going to go nine and three. Their defense looks awesome. Indiana's running this weird shotgun triple option bullshit. Like they, Indiana played the game to cover. And Ohio State played conservatively not to lose. So it was super boring and kind of a stupid game. Um, I'm not worried yet because, you know, Ohio State's not always the best team to start the season. As long as they win week four and start to look like a better team these next two games against Cupcakes. I'm not concerned, but not the best showing I've ever seen and a overall shitty game.
0: Yeah, I did definitely not, didn't have it on the TV a ton once it kind of got out of hand. Uh, flipping to Penn State, I don't know how much of that game you saw. Aller looked fantastic. That first touchdown throw, stepping up in the pocket, extending the play, um, and hitting hitting a guy downfield, and then he broke free for a touchdown, uh, was incredible to watch. I was out of the, the Penn State bar. People – are going nuts. The hype train has left the station. Um, James Franklin most certainly knows the spread and is covering it all. Yes, yes, he does. Which, the alumni, which love that was it, which was the second loudest. The the first the that first touchdown, the bar exploded. That last touchdown, you could tell who had and who did not have a Penn State ticket. Um, so that was an incredible way to end the night. Uh, I thought Oller looked great. I thought the running backs looked good. They're running strong. The offensive line I thought looked pretty good. Um, My favorite thing watching Aller is not – when extending plays, uh, uh, extending pass plays to still be pass plays, obviously Trace was great at getting outside the pocket and making plays either with his arm or with his feet. And Sean Clifford, I felt more, if anything broke down, he would just kind of like put his head down and run a little bit more. Um, But like being able to step up in the pocket and hit guys downfield is what you're going to need to do. The defense, the defensive line did not look great. West Virginia kind of was able to run the ball whenever they want it. And I couldn't hear a lot of the broadcast and I'm not like a huge into what's going on at every school, but it seemed like their center and their offensive line overall was pretty good. Um, But Michigan and Ohio are going to have good offensive lines. So I don't know from an outside perspective, if anything changed of your opinion of Penn state for me, it was, it was what I expected. And there were glimpses that uh, drew can make plays to win games, which is the most important thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, first thing that stands out, uh saw a little bit of it last year, even in that first game, Brent's Purdue, if you remember, he came in for like a few snaps, the best in completion
0: what? of all time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He is fucking huge. He he looks like
0: he's six, five. Yeah. six five two thirty, I think.
1: Yeah. He reminds me, I remember we used to say this about Will Levis when we were in high school um, because he went, he was from my hometown and went to one of our rival high schools. He all in a different way, but same sentiment. He looks like a guy who was born to play quarterback either in the NFL or in a movie about a guy who played quarterback in the NFL. Like, he just looks like he knows what he's fucking doing back there. He just stands tall in the pocket, like he's a big dude. He's athletic. He can move a little bit. He's got a ton of arm strength. He was a little less accurate than you'd expect. I think there was uh, the tu- one of the touchdowns he threw should have been an interception. A guy just kind of snatched it from the defender and went seventy yards. There was a couple other throws. Um, I saw where he kind of like. You know, didn't really lead the receiver into like yak opportunities. It wasn't like he would have led them into a hit. He could have led them into open space. He kind of threw it behind them. Um, but it's it's your first start, like that happens. McCord did some similar shit. And uh, but I think the Penn State offensive line was a little disappointing. They have Fashanu, who's awesome. The left tackle yeah. is gonna be a top five pick. The rest of the O line, again, lines need to gel. Like there is no preseason in college football. That's why so many of these teams don't play marquee games early on Uh, because, you know, stuff like the first time you're really getting pads on and hitting someone besides their teammates, like is week one. And for offensive linemen, that's really hard. Uh, So I've heard, I've never played offensive (laughs) line. So I can't really say, but that's one thing I've heard. And uh, another thing is you, you did mention this as well. Like, West Virginia kind of ran the ball on them whenever they wanted, which is interesting. I heard a lot coming uh before the game that West Virginia did have a really good offensive line. And it's not like your older brothers, West Virginia, like chucking the ball around, like um, you know, spread offense, old Big Twelve stuff. I think they have a new coach too. And um, uh, you know, if they have a veteran offensive line who's played together some snaps, like that's gonna be an advantage. But I would be more worried about Michigan than I would be Ohio state. If that's going to be the case of Penn state, because they have one awesome edge rasher and a great corner
0: and offensive line is Ohio state's big issue right now. Uh, and, but And Michigan's ability to run the ball if the defensive yeah. line can't tune up, but it is week one. It is, yeah. it is a power five opponent. It's not, we're not opening the season with Villanova. We got the exactly. next week. We're not playing an FCS team. This is a guy, like, they have talented, they have NFL players on this roster. So, I'm not super concerned. They won the game. They covered. They looked good. uh, Like, the defense was able to create some opportunities, even though they gave up some points. So, um, they have opportunities to get right before they have those big games, and they're going to be the most talented team on the field every game until mid-October. So, Mm-hmm. I expect them to just to continue to win, continue to look good, and hopefully hit their stride right as they get to the meat of their their season.
1: Yeah, I think I, I said it. I mean, listen, I said it last week. I think they're if they gel, they're the best team in the country. If Aller's good, they're the best team in the country. They didn't do anything to make me stay off that. And I think I pressed, you know, voiced my concerns about Ohio State last week. Nothing this week made me get rid of those, but nothing made me more worried. Um, we won't know anything till late September in South Bend. Um, but if Ohio State were to lose to Notre Dame, I think you're looking at like an eight and four season. Cause yeah. I don't think Notre Dame even is in the same stratosphere as Michigan and Penn state.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they did look good, but they didn't really, Notre yeah, Dame's going to be interesting. Cause they're going to have some opportunities to play some really good teams. Yeah. Um, coming up in week two, uh, Alabama, Texas, which I don't think we need to – Texas almost won that game last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think the line is probably – I don't know what the line is right now. It's probably going to be pretty, Seven pretty and a close. Half. Yeah, and it's the game is in uh, yeah. – where's the Alabama's, game? Alabama's in Alabama. Uh, it's, it,
1: yes, it's in Bryant-Denny. So what they're essentially telling you there is – Last year, Texas 21 point home dog, obviously much different Alabama team, but if this game was at Texas, usually you bake in about three points for a home field. If you're yeah. looking at Texas and Alabama, maybe you give three and a half. 10. This is yeah. this is a straight up pick 'em if it were in in Austin. So that's a twenty one point improvement.
0: I how much do you believe in Quinn years? Like if if he, like, I, he's given me no reason not to believe after I played last year and then dealing with injuries, so it's hard to have, like, a great judgment. But um, if they win this game, I feel like it might all but solidify them in the college football playoff picture because I don't know who's going to test them in in the Big 12.
1: Yeah, so, I, don't, I think Oklahoma's going to lose to SMU this weekend.
0: So I don't know what – I think probably from – for me and you from a big 10 two team playoff perspective, you probably want Alabama to win this game and maybe Texas drops another one and they're out because if Texas wins and they finish 12 and one and they win the big 12, or even like TCU, they go 12 and zero and then lose the big 12 championship. They're probably still in, uh, but that's definitely, that's certainly the game of the week coming up. Oh yeah. Um, So we'll be able to see if they hung last year. Obviously, we'll be able to see if they can can hang again this year. But I'm always reluctant to pick against Alabama and to pick Texas. So
1: Yeah, I think this game's super interesting. Um, I'm waiting to see where, like, the market develops on it gambling-wise to see, like, if I can catch a lean or anything. But realistically, it's like, okay, you got Quinn Yours who's, like, shown flashes but at the same time like gives a lot of Zach Wilson vibes like ton of arm talent but like not really like good mechanics not sure what he's doing On the other side you have Jalen Milrow who's like I don't know like do you guys do you trust this guy to play quarterback like he has never shown enough throwing the ball like every time he's he started a game last year almost lost to a really bad A&M team but then again like he had a great couple quarters against Arkansas strictly running the ball like Texas's D line might be better than anyone in the SEC besides Georgia. They have a bunch of veteran, three and four year guys up front who they, you know, were pretty highly recruited that stayed there, that have developed Alabama's offensive line is starting a true freshman at left tackle. I I I think I think if Texas, this is the biggest game Texas has had since. Probably the championship game against Alabama when Colt McCoy got hurt. This is their biggest opportunity to be like, we're back. And I honestly think that if this game was on a neutral site, I think you would you could argue Texas should be favored if this was a neutral site game.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, this is like the first time Alabama doesn't really have anybody like well-renowned at quarterback. But I'm thinking, when's the last time they lost at home? Was it 2019 to that Joe Burrow LSU team? Like maybe the greatest college football team ever assembled. Yeah. With like Burrow, Chase, and Jefferson. Is that the last time they lost at home? That's the last
1: time they lost at home. Yeah.
0: So that makes me think that they're gonna win this game. It's just a matter of like, is it gonna be close? And if you real if I if you believe a team's gonna win and the line is seven.
1: Yeah, you might as well. Take them.
0: It's not the NFL. It's not the like games aren't as close like the NFL. Like it would be, a, it would be foolish for me to to take Texas if I if I think don't think that they have a chance to win the game, which I really I don't. Like just uh, Alabama wins. So, um I'm going to be I'm taking Alabama laying the points that game. But we'll get into the full cards later. But. That besides be
1: uh, besides that game and then Nebraska Colorado are there any games that you're really interested in
0: no I'll be up at Penn State for the first time um, so we'll have uh tailgate set up all we'll the TVs out but not uh, well I' definitely have that Texas Alabama game on but there's no other games that I have circled on on my calendar and I'm I'm scrolling over the card here and there's nothing that really jumps out at me as being um Anything to gain any information from, to be completely honest. Like, I have a big NFL card today. I don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of college football plays as much.
1: Yeah, uh, we could get into those cards later. I don't, I don't, I think this, this week specifically, what I'm looking for in college football, and again, we'll get into this when we talk about the cards, is teams coming off disappointing losses with good spots to kind of. Get themselves back. Like Texas Tech is a team I really like. I've had this game circled for a while. I mentioned it last week. They just lost at Wyoming, which is a tough place to play, but like they are up 17 nothing. They play Oregon. So like this has been like people that were pretty high on them. Some people like them to win the Big 12. You know, this is a game where it's like you lost to Wyoming last week, you beat Oregon, you're right back in the picture. Stuff like that is uh is what I'm looking at for the weekend. All right, well. While we wait for Dom to uh, to get reconnected with uh, some of the difficulties we've had, um, I will go through and give you my roster for the fantasy team that I have been uh, drafting in the background. Um, we'll start off at quarterback. We have Geno Smith, um, former Jet Great. We have Damian Pierce at running back. We're hoping that he... Um, he can have a big year in Houston next to CJ Stroud. Aaron Jones hoping for a bounce back year out of him. Uh handing the ball a lot off in uh Green Bay. We have our, our first and second round picks, Garrett Wilson and Amon Ross St. Brown at wide receiver. It's super exciting. Um receivers right there. Um we have Terry McLaurin at the flex and then the Browns D and Greg Zerline at our special spots with a bench of Brandon cooks, JSN, uh, Rashad, Penny, Elijah Moore, Tyler Algier, Kadarius, Tony, and Gus Edwards. Um, and I know no one cares about my fantasy team. So let's get back to uh, let's get back to it, Dom. And uh, let's, let's talk some real football. Forget fantasy. Um, yeah. NFL is back this week.
0: NFL is back. Um, hopefully that, that fantasy team sound, that sounded great. You get your, that team's going to be awesome.
1: Um, yep. Already won the
0: league. I already can tell. NFL is back full slate this week. One of the the only weeks really where you get the full the full effect of the full slate. We open the season tomorrow night Thursday with Lions Chiefs. Um, interesting news today. Travis Kelsey had a little knee hyperextension. They think the ACL is intact. He should be fine. Uh, might sit out first week. They can probably afford for him to sit out and still win that game at home. Um. But we'll kind of go, let's go division by division. Uh, maybe some predictions who we think and if we have any futures as we go, we can uh talk about them. So I'm gonna let you kick it off. We'll start in the AFC East. Also, any new additions um we can talk about. So the biggest new addition in the NFL, most highly anticipated in the AFC East. Um, Trace McSorley, Mike Kosicki, are New England Patriots. Now, Aaron Rodgers, your New York Jets. They open the season with the Bills. I'm gonna let this is your moment. The Jets were horrible last year. We sat here and we hyped up. Well, you whoa, whoa, up. horrible.
1: They they covered their win total.
0: Y- yeah, but okay, but there were there were they didn't get there how we thought they were gonna get there, or how yeah. at least how most people thought they were gonna get there. Uh, but now the expectation is the playoffs to make a run. You got Aaron Rodgers. Um, how how are we feeling? How are, should Jets fans be feeling heading into this year? So I've gone back and forth
1: on this because I, I like to remind myself that this is still the Jets. Um, we cannot have nice things similar to the Mets this year who came in with a lot of hype. But then I've looked at the public sentiment and I've realized that I th- I don't know if it's like the Jets mojo, you know, everyone no one takes them seriously, they're kind of the laughing stock, the younger brother in New York, they don't have their own stadium. I could keep going. I don't know if it's this backlash on Aaron Rodgers, you know, obviously the stuff with you know him, him in the darkness retreat, the ayahuasca just he's um, i mean obviously he had the vaccine stuff which is neither here nor there we're not going to get into that but he uh he's he's a target and the jets are a target and i've realized that everyone kind of thinks this is going to come together and beat this great disaster rather than you know a seven win team from last year that you know might have been able to sneak into the playoffs if they had even a shred of competence at quarterback who just added a guy who's one year removed from back-to-back MVPs and they had the offensive and defensive rookie year two defensive all pros three. If you count second teamers, Um, I mean, if you ask me, there's no reason why the jets should not be in least the second weekend of the NFL playoffs with the bills, the Bengals, and the chiefs. And I actually think they're better than bills. My take on the Bills, if we're going to talk about the whole division as a picture, is the Bills kind of missed their window. We've seen this with so many teams where it's like at least this version of the window. Because Josh Allen by himself, he can be in a window onto himself. You can continue to rebuild, replace parts or whatever. But this Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, you know, defensive identity, this – this thing that they started building our junior year of college. They went to the playoffs for the first time. They lost that game to the Texans where it seemed like they, you know, they were in it. They had the lead, whatever you go to the next year. They, I think that was the year that they, what they, they lose to the Ravens. Maybe they beat the Ravens. And then the, the next year after that, they lose to the chiefs and that heartbreaker, the 11 seconds. And then last year, they lose to the Bengals at home, you know, in the playoffs. They kind of get routed. It's more or less like you might have missed your window. You know, you've been, to, you've won the division, I think, five years, in or, or they've won it, I think, every single year since Brady's been gone. And this just might be them, you know, going back to like a wild card team. They might need to like replenish their weapons, reload on defense. They went all in on Von Miller. He tore ACL. They've drafted a bunch of pass rushers that haven't worked out. Their offensive line is a lot shakier than people want to admit. I think right tackle Spencer Brown is going to be a human turnstile on Monday night football against the jets. I think if we keep going through the division, I think the dolphins are extremely volatile. They remind me kind of that Eagles team. Remember that Eagles like super team where I was, was going like... to say
0: the jets almost remind me of that Eagles dream. Really? Team because there's so many changes, it feels like to me, and a team that people... I think there are a lot of people that want the Jets to be good because they're in New York. Around that time, there were a lot of people that want the Eagles to be good. Like, it's a big market. It's just... The Mm -hmm. NFL is better when these big... When the AFC Championship is Philly-San Francisco, not necessarily Tennessee-Jacksonville. I don't think they're going to be... The dumpster fire that was the uh dream team because the dream team was like a lot, an older Vince Young who, like, was, Michael
1: Vick, like Michael, like, oh, like, yeah,
0: Vince Young was the backup, was like proclaiming them the dream team. They signed their huge off season signing was like, awesome one, yeah, and like nothing just seemed to gel. Uh, and I, I kind of feel like that with the Jets just because it's a team that has not had success in a long time, and now they're getting a lot of Super Bowl hype and bets because obviously like obviously Aaron rodgers has earned that uh like great regular season player honestly is not has not been back to Super Bowl in the past ten years, so there's still a lot to be proven on that on that front um
1: so the but- one thing I would rebuttal about the super team thing is so the vibe I'm getting from the Jets and I think the Dalvin cook signing and like him bringing yeah, in his buddies. It yeah. I think like him bringing in, I wouldn't say as much Lazard, but like a lot of attention was brought to like him bringing in Randall Cobb and they're on hard knocks yeah. and this and that. And like, it seems like they're kind of like an older team, blah, blah. What I see it more as is, so, you know, we saw Tom Brady, Go to the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, an 8-8 and football team that misses the playoffs, that Geno Smith – I'm sorry, not Geno Smith. Jameis Winston, if he was even somewhat competent, he had a 30-interception, 30-touchdown season. He threw 30 picks. If he was reliable, you know, like a a solid above-average quarterback like a Geno Smith was with the Seahawks last year, that's probably a 10-win team who's, you know, like wild-card, fighting for division, whatever – making a, a you know a respectable run that wouldn't want to change quarterbacks, that gives away an extension that you don't want to see. They take him out. They plug in Brady. They add a couple of Brady's old pieces, Gronk, off retirement. They supplement the team they already have with young stars. Like, you know, obviously Mike Evans isn't super young anymore, but this is three years ago. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin's on that team. They have defensive studs like Levante David, um, that linebacker white on the buccaneers they had. He's not even that great, but he was a young up and coming player, Devin White. They had um shaq Barrett. they then they added pieces like Jason Pierre Paul. They brought in, I think, even maybe a Dominic Sue. Then out of nowhere, Antonio Brown comes in and gets added to the team. That's the type of vibe I'm getting. Or if you look at the Rams when they brought in Matt Stafford, like they had a bunch of elite talent that you didn't notice because the quarterback held them back so much that they were like a mediocre team, kind of like middle of the pack who needed the decision to go. The Jets, on defense, they have Quentin Williams, first-team All-Pro. Sauce Gardner, defensive rookie of the year, first-team All-Pro in the same year. DJ Reed, top-ten cornerback in the league. They have John Franklin Myers, like really solid defensive end. They have – they go six deep at the end. CJ Mosley, second-team All-Pro last year. On offense, they have – Dwayne Brown's getting – getting pretty long in the tooth at left tackle. That's definitely a concern, but Elijah Vera Tucker, if he doesn't get hurt last year, probably pro bowler. Lakin Timlinson had a bad year last year, was a, was a all pro the year before that in San Francisco, but Kai Becton, former first round pick, obviously missed the last two seasons, a lot of promise there, but, then you drop Aaron Rodgers into that you have guys like Garrett Wilson who just won rookie of the year i'm getting much more of that vibe where it was like you feel like you're a QB away and the QB that happens to come available is a dude who kind of seemed like he was getting older toiling away like not being able to keep up his old like historic ways and then you give him a boost of re like you know rejuvenation and he takes off. And I, obviously I'm super biased. I'm a huge Jets fan, but what is
0: the, is the boost of rejuvenation? Is that, what is, that's is the, it? The, the ayahuasca, the dark? No,
1: that's his, it's his new drug. Whatever
0: he's taking now. Cause I think I don't really know what I, Randall, Randall Cobb you. could use a boost of, of rejuvenation.
1: Yes. I think he's going to be more important than people think with the retirement of Corey Davis. I also think there's a pretty good chance and this is like a huge Jets Twitter thing. And you got to take that shit with a grain of salt because a lot of these fucking people from, especially the long Island people that you see on jets, Twitter, all these guys, they think, they think the jets are going to trade for every single person. It reminds me of Browns fans. Every Browns fan. I know no matter who comes available, they're like, Oh, the Browns should sign them. Oh, the Browns might get him. The Browns fans. I know have convinced themselves. They're getting Chris Jones from the Kansas from the chiefs. We'll see, but I don't think that's happening. There's some palpable buzz that mike evans might come available if he doesn't get an extension by the deadline i could see that's that's the type of move like there's a lot of Devonte adams to the jets hype on jets twitter i think that's fucking bullshit but i could see a mike evans he's going to be a free agent next year maybe that's something where you throw them a third and a fifth around week five or six right before the deadline And that's like the piece that puts you over the top to company Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, those kind of guys, McCole Hardman. But I, I think the jets should win the AFC East this year. I think they were, they beat the bills last year. They beat the dolphins. They should have beat the dolphins twice. They covered against the bills twice and they blew two games to the Patriots. They were almost four and two, five and one in the division last year with Zach fucking Wilson, the statue and corpse of Joe Flacco and half of Mike White. You drop Aaron Rodgers into that, even if it's Aaron Rodgers from last year, they would have probably won 10, 11 games. So I'm, I think they should be heavily considered as a contender.
0: I, yeah, for I have the I'm very low on the Bills. I feel like last year, all year, I was, I never quite took them super seriously as like a super bowl contender i think josh allen turns the ball over too much um and the rest of the team they have just no they haven't had any ability to run the ball i think he's been their leading rusher the past couple of years that's just like not a recipe for success in the nfl um even the eagles last year obviously great success miles sanders had a great year but be able to distribute who's running the ball and running the ball was is very important in keeping guys healthy and fresh and just the lack of running ability that I've seen from this team. I don't think, I don't know if their window, I feel like I closed their window like last year. I feel like when they lost to the Chiefs late, that was really the opportunity. Um, we'll get into like who we have to make the playoffs. My, a little te- teaser. I think the bills missed the playoffs this year. Um, I think we're going to get a good year. Um, out of some other teams in that division and maybe a little bit uh, like roll over and die effect where if they start slow it might be a struggle and they have a pretty brutal schedule Um, but I actually have I, I like the Dolphins a lot I think they're going to be able to keep two upright so I think this is going to be maybe uh, Dolphins Jets Bills all finish 10 and 7 and the Dolphins end up with the tiebreaker winning that division. So the Dolphins are my pick to win the division. I do think the Jets will make the playoffs in an AFC that is relatively um, loaded. Like if the Jets roster was in the NFC, they'd probably be the, easily be the second or third, like be a top three team. Um, oh yeah, the AFC, they're going to be potentially on the bubble in the playoff. So I do like the Dolphins there. Um, I have the Bills under win total and the Dolphins over. Uh, Bills under 10.5 and Dolphins over 9.5. And if Tua stays upright, I don't think that will be too difficult. Um,
1: yeah, futures for this division. Yeah, have? I have. I didn't touch the Bills or the Dolphins because I think one of those teams falls off, doesn't make it. The other one's a wild card team. I really struggled figure out which one, so I just didn't touch either. I have the Patriots underwins. I I really think this the whole thing's eventually just gonna blow up, and like I think Bill Belichick is gonna leave on his own terms but like it's going to get ugly towards the end. Um and then I have the Jets over, the Jets to win the division, the Jets to win the AFC and the Jets to win the Super Bowl. Because this is the first time the Jets have been good since I was in 6th grade. So what's a couple hundred dollars. I would feel like a fucking moron if the Jets won a Super Bowl and I didn't have a future it, on it. Yeah. 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 So um, the they're over wins though. I would have even if I was like a fucking bills fan.
0: Yeah. Um, we move East to West, um, and go to the AFC North. That didn't make any sense, but rotating to the AFC North, this might be the most competitive division. I think in the AFC, maybe in the, in the whole NFL Bengals are going to be good. The Steelers are always, always good. Um, and you'll get Kenny Pickett in year two. The Browns are going to get a full year of Deshaun Watson. So I still think that they're the worst team in that division. Um, and then the Ravens who big year for Lamar about, about a big prove it year. Um, the Bengals have have really established themselves as like the best team in that division. I think, especially with the playoff success. And they're really, they seem to be the only team that can hang with the chiefs. Uh, so I have the Bengal. I think this is going to be the most competitive division. I think the Bengals win the division. I think the Ravens make the playoffs. Uh, Browns are in the basement but maybe when seven or eight games and the Steelers uh Mike, classic Mike Tomlin fashion will be like 9 and 8 and you're going to see their scenario in week 18 and they're going to need like three different games to happen and a tie um and they're going to be they're going to be right with the Bills at like a, I think 10 and 7, 9 and 8 missing out on the on the playoffs.
1: Yeah, this one uh, I actually have a, a one future on this division. It's the Browns to win the division. Um, They have a last place schedule. They play, I think, I'm trying to remember which. I want to say they play the AFC South, which is not a bad, not a hard division. Uh, I could be wrong there. But they, because um, the Jets have the West. You're correct. Yep. So that's, I think that's four free wins. And they play, for the, NF-
0: and they play the NFC West, which has the rams yeah. and the cardinals are two pretty bad teams. Yeah, so I think
1: every team in this division, I mathematically if this is possible, will be above 500. Um, I think that the AFC East is the most top-heavy division because I think they have three legitimate at least unless one of them has like an uncharacteristic season, they have three legitimate like AFC contenders if you see the dolphins that way. Um, I think this division, outside of the Bengals, I don't think any of these teams should be considered Super Bowl contenders. But I think by the nature of the Browns having that last place schedule and the Bengals having the first place schedule, I think the Browns actually win this division. That's more of a value play, the future, but I think they're both going to make the playoffs, um, the Bengals and the Browns, and then I think the Ravens and the Steelers both have strong records but end up missing out on the playoffs because I think it's going to be... Wait, so there's three wild card teams now?
0: Three, yeah. Yeah,
1: so I think there's going to be two from the East, two from the North, two from the West. And then I think that's what causes the Ravens and Steelers to miss out. But I think all these teams will be between 8 and 11 wins. And I think it's going to be one of those things where either the Browns or the Bengals win it and the other team gets the wild card. But if it's the Bengals who are the wild card, they end up going further and they could even take out the Browns in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, this is the one where any team, like I said, I think the Browns will finish last. Wouldn't be surprised if they won. Obviously like in the East, I'd be shocked if the Patriots were had a good season. Anyone in the North would not be surprised if they won. They always all play each other tough. Um, And yeah, that last play schedule for the Browns, you'll get, the Texans, you'll get the Broncos, who should be improved. But um and their crossover game in the NFC is the Bears. So yeah. that's not an incredibly difficult uh matchup either. Um moving to that South, uh AFC South. You have the Colts who are in a little bit of disarray with the whole Jonathan Taylor situation. Anthony Richardson starting at quarterback who was not Really fantastic at Florida, who's just like a great athlete. Um, the Titans who like always seem competitive but have Derrick Henry who has had a couple of injuries the past couple of years, and Ryan Tannehill who is not getting any younger with Will Levis, um, as the backup. Who really, if you look at like we like Will Levis on the show, if you look at his numbers at Kentucky, he was not he didn't like light up the SEC. And in on the team that I think probably is the worst wide receiver room in yeah. the NFL. Well, they and just had
1: a Hop, so it depends what you think of him. But I, I think, think he's a little I think past he's, his he's, prime.
0: He, I think he's significantly past his prime. Yeah. Um, like Burks, I don't think did not show not a, a huge fan last of his, year. No. And it's not even like you got a, a young running back like Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs who's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Derrick Henry probably catches. Less they than added Tajay Spears game.
1: though, the Toledo back. He's Yeah, so awesome.
0: like that will be he'll probably end up with a lot of target share, a lot of the target share there. I don't think they're going to be very good um and then the Jags who are coming off a big win in the playoffs, winning the division, year 2 of Doug Peterson after the failed Urban Meyer experiment. Uh I'm very high on them. Well, like you
1: that. didn't see Swap Kings, Urban Meyer. Nothing. Urban Meyer's has never done anything wrong. No,
0: no, he hasn't. So, no. <laughs> yeah, the kicker was asking for it. Getting Fuck kicked. that
1: guy. Fuck um, Urban Meyer.
0: I mean, he's he's brought you lots of happiness. I'm sure.
1: I yeah. He actually, I have a hot take. If we could take a quick tangent, Urban yeah. Meyer caused more harm to Ohio State post 2014 than good. He, there was countless decisions he made with his roster that needed other people to save his ass like the Dwayne Haskins Joe Burrow thing aside like both those guys ended up Heisman finalists like I can't, I don't think you can like complain about that but like he continuously lost big game like let down spots after big games which are if, if you're a good coach like Ryan Day for one thing like he is his guys the only games they've lost is like equal talent games like he lost at Iowa by three touchdowns. He got destroyed at Purdue. Like he did not really end his recruiting career, super strong. Like he didn't deploy guys in proper ways. And he made some pretty bad hires post 2014. I am not a fan of Urban Meyer, but regardless the AFC South.
0: Yeah. um, Also it was funny when they cut back to like big noon kickoff, he was talking to like a young girl on the side of the frame. So he is a scumbag. He's a scumbag. It is great to see him in midseason form in the last weekend in August, Um, but I love the Jags to win this division. I I don't know who else is going to challenge him, like maybe the Titans, but you have the best quarterback by a landslide. You have a a Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson, and you are building off of success from last year. Um, I know we don't talk a lot about fantasy, but in my personal fantasy rankings – I think Calvin Ridley is due for a huge year. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that connection with Trevor Lawrence is going to, you're going to look at the end of the year and they're going to be one of the best duos uh, in the league. He had a year off, which I'm going to say is going to be good for his body and recovery. Um, And then you get all preseason to get back, back into shape. Uh, Plus he's one of us. Yeah. One of us. (laughs) One of us. Yeah. He really is. Um, But I like the Jags to win that division by a sizable amount. And I think that they're the only team that gets in, um, gets in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I think this division is, you know, it's pretty cut and dry. I want to find a way to fade the Jags. Maybe it's just like, I wish you could almost parlay their under wins with them making the playoff, like ma- winning the division, because I think that they're going to struggle in all their crossover games and I think this could be like an old NFC East from like, you know, when the commanders went to the playoffs with a losing record, like I think the Jaguars could fall flat a little bit. There's a ton of hype coming in, but like last year, they barely made the playoffs, like a Josh Dobbs, Tennessee Titans team, almost like they needed a defensive touchdown to win that game. And they looked, they had, they looked like shit in the first half of that chargers game. And then they have that miraculous comeback when, you know, Brandon Staley gets, takes his foot off the gas and they look okay against a banged up Mahomes in a playoff game. And all of a sudden, they're like this, you know, the second coming. I think they're definitely should be the favorites. If the Titans had a little better offensive line, I think I would pick them to make it. But I think there's two options with the Titans this season. One option is they go like nine and eight, eight and nine, sneak into the playoffs, you know beat the jaguars last second some weird bullshit you know they win enough games in the division and take out a couple crossovers with that third or you know a slightly easier schedule and then you know get them dismantled in the playoffs or i think everything just fucking blows up levis is starting by week 7 derek henry's done they're ushering in a new era you know, maybe you hope that Burks looks okay. Maybe Spears looks good. Skaronsky's good on the line. Levis shows you something, but like the season's over. I think the Colts are done. I think Anthony Richardson will be a lot more fun in fantasy than he will be in real life, similar to like Justin Fields first few years. And that hype might build up for next year. But I think, you know, the Texans, they could be more respectable this year. They have much, they have like a professional, they're fielding a professional team trying to win games for the first time in a few years. But again, like, I watched Stroud at Ohio State for th- two years. I don't think there's anything there that could get you to ten wins right away without, you know, some pretty high-level weapons. But yeah, I think the Jaguars is this is the Jaguars to lose. But I'm not overly confident in them to be a big threat either.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely higher on them than you are. But, uh, yeah, I don't think. They're with all the talent in the AFC. I don't think anyone is picking that division to have two teams, even if they don't think the Jags are going to win that division. I don't think they get two teams. And I'd be a lot of things would have to go sideways for that to happen. Um, that leaves the AFC West defending champion chiefs. Um, It would be dumb to pick anyone, but the chiefs to win that division, the Raiders. I, I are, in a new era of finding ways to win. How can we win between eight and 10 games? Um So they love Jimmy G starting with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs. So some good pieces on offense, but I don't think the coach is very competent. Uh The Broncos are going to be the one wild card. I think probably in the whole league where they were mm-hmm. supposed to be good. Then they sucked. Now they have Sean Payton um, trying to see who is, good, like try and figure out what was the problem there. They're going to be interesting. And then the chargers who I think are kind of stuck in that purgatory of wild card because of the chiefs. They, they seem to have the chiefs number actually in the regular season. Like they almost always beat them at least once, but they don't do enough. And I don't think they're nearly consistent enough to win that division. Um, so I have the chiefs to win that division, no value really. And I'm not taking any futures that are minus signs. Um, I'm yeah, also... I took
1: the Chiefs minus 160, which it feels dumb, but it's one of those bets where it's like, um, I remember Bill Simmons used to always parlay the Patriots to win the division with something else that like felt like a lock. And year after year, he'd print money, I didn't parlay it. I laid the 160. Doesn't feel great, but... I think the chiefs make the playoffs. I think the Raiders, I bet the Raiders future to have the worst record in the league. I actually hit that bet last year with the bears. Um, Thanks to that miracle touchdown by Davis mills. Um, So that was awesome. The Broncos. I, I don't think there's, I think Sean Payton will overhaul that in year two, but I don't, I, I think there's too much there to clean up with so few assets that they brought in to fix that in year one. And then I, I think the Chargers will end up battling it out with the Steelers, Ravens, and Dolphins for that last wild card spot. Um, I think uh they'll end I'm going to end up picking them to get it just because it seems like a make or break year. They got Kellen Moore in there as the new offensive play caller. Hopefully he lets Herbert sling it downfield more and I don't think if if they don't make the playoffs and win a playoff game this year, let's let's just say make the playoffs cuz I know they did last year but You know, putting win a playoff game in the AFC on anyone is tough. I think if they don't take care of business and at least make the playoffs this year, I think you're going to see a lot of questions coming about Herbert. And then I think you're going to see Staley lose his job. So AFC playoffs, I have the one seed Chiefs. I have the two seed Jets. I have the three seed. I'm going to give the Bengals the three seed. Then I'm going to give the Browns the... I'm going to give the... Bills the 4, the Browns the 5. The uh or sorry, so the 4 needs to be the Jaguars. Then the Browns the f- whatever. Bills 5, Browns 6, Chargers
0: 7. I have the Chiefs the 1, Jags 2, Bengals 3, Dolphins 4, then three wildcard teams, Ravens at the 5, Chargers at the 6, Jets at the 7 and if that shakes out that way, I don't see a world where the chiefs lose a home playoff game. It's like, I, I just don't see it. So I think the chiefs get back to the super bowl. Um,
1: And I will take the New York jets to reach the super bowl from the AFC. All
0: right. That would be quite impressive, but you gotta, gotta respect it. I mean, I, I was sitting here last year taking the Eagles when probably no one else was. And, they got there. Um, Speaking so now, of the
1: Eagles, do you want to run through the uh, NFC real quick?
0: Yeah. So we can well, let's end with the NFC. We can end with the NFC East and then we can come back. So we'll work our way west because oh, I have to charge my phone. I feel I, after the NFC Championship came last year, there is just watching how 49er players and fans acted um was like this is a personal revenge tour against the 49ers for me I I I want them to do bad so badly and I genuinely think that they are going to take a step back I have their under win total I took their alternate under under 10 and a half I think the Seahawks are gonna build on a very successful year last year and I think that they're gonna they're my pick to win that division I think the Rams and the Cardinals aren't really worth talking about the Rams might have one or two games where they surprise some people Cardinals are actively trying to get Caleb Williams um but the 49ers I want them to be bad with like just as much as I want the Eagles to be good I think Brock Purdy is going to get figured out um I think he's really going to get exposed he's I don't think he's that talented um and I think you need a talented quarterback to win a lot of NFL games despite what they were able to do last year uh so I think the 49ers still make the playoffs because it's a weak NFC I think they probably win nine or ten games and get in but I'm taking the Seahawks to win that division and every week I'll be rooting for the Eagles and rooting against the 49ers um and I just can't shake the cheese It bowl interception from Brock Purdy, where the ball came back to him and he smacked it up in the air. At the end of the day, that guy's playing quarterback and you're probably not, you're not going to a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as your quarterback, despite how well he played last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of being, what's being said about Brock Purdy, not losing a game last year. He also came in when they got McCaffrey. They, they have weapons everywhere. They have the best left tackle in the league. They have the best running back in the league. Um, if you consider him more of a weapon than a running back, they have Debo Samuel, they have Kittle. they have Nick Bosa. they have they're they're loaded. I think the Seahawks pick is definitely it's it's trendy, but not amongst it, it's it's like, um, how do I say this? It's like the the guys who know what they're talking about have been talking about the Seahawks. Like all the podcasts I listen to have been like, don't be shocked, especially if Nick Bosa sits out at the beginning of the year, or this or this happens, or maybe Purdy starts out flat, they go to Darnold. Like, Don't sleep on the Seahawks. So I really like the pick out of you. I'm going to go 49ers win the division just because you, you have the Seahawks won. So it's like, okay, I'll stick with the normal. Then the Seahawks get a wild card. Um, I think the most interesting battle in this division – honestly might just be who can make themselves worse. The Rams or the Cardinals to get Caleb Williams. Uh, And the Cardinals have two bites at the apple. If you think the Texans are going to be bad. So that'll be cool to see, I guess if you're into that type of shit. Uh, But yeah, I think the West, I think the NFC as a whole outside of the NFC East is a little more boring. Like I think these are two clear playoff teams, um, but, and I think the other two are so far out of reach that there's like no real chance of anything else happening
0: yeah um if we want to go to the north i think this like can this many people be right about the lions can this much preseason i don't have think so the lions in the division be real um i'm picking them to win the division just because i don't believe in the the vikings are another team that i really don't believe in i think the packers i don't think they'll make the playoffs i think they're actually going to be sneaky they're i think they're going to be the team that is most surprising i think jordan love's going to be Competent, and I think Lafleur is a good coach. And I think that they miss out. that's going to come down to like the last game of the year. It'll be like Lions, Packers. Packers need to win to make the playoffs. Lions need to win to win the division. um And like last year, I think the Lions maybe edge it out. Uh, I think the Vikings are good enough to be a playoff team. I think the Bears are still a couple pieces away. I think they're bad. But I have the Lions winning that division and the Vikings getting in the playoffs. And I'm I'm going to take a future on the Lions to win that division because they're a fun team to root for. Um, but I, I my don't be surprised. Pick is don't be surprised. Two bold predictions is maybe the Packers make the playoffs and the Bills miss the playoffs. That's my like. Those are my two big, uh, things going in that would probably be, contrarian to most people.
1: Yeah, so this is actually the division I have the most futures on. Um, first let's start with the one I hate myself for placing. I placed a lot of these. Um, so I was. I was doing some business travel and was in Uber on the way to the airport and was in traffic. So I just started taking a lot of things. And this is one of the ones that the next day I regretted taking and was more of a boredom pick. I took the Packers under seven and a half wins. I wish I had that over. Um, I think they're going to surprise. I think they could definitely be in the playoff hunt. Contrary to that, I have the Lions under nine and a half. I don't, I think they could definitely be competitive. I took, I just took on Ram in that fantasy draft I just had. I think they're a fun team. They're fun to root for. They have a cool coach. They seem to be doing building things the right way. They still have Jared Goff as their quarterback. Them being plus 110 to go under double digit wins, even if it's not a great division, feels a little overreactionary. The Vikings, I have over eight and a half wins and to win the division. To win the division, the Vikings are plus 300. They were the two seed last year. I know they won a bunch of close games. I know they lost to the Giants. I know they were kind of a paper tiger. But at the same time, the Lions defense still has a long way to go. The Lions still have Jared Goff at quarterback. Say what you will about Kirk Cousins. He has shown the ability to make the playoffs and then get kind of shit on in them. I don't need them to win a playoff game. I just need them to win division. I'll sell the will in the division. And I think there's going to be another playoff team out of this division as well. bringing my total up to four. Um, If we want to go down to the NFC South, I have another future division winner on this. I have the Falcons. Um, I think the Falcons are kind of doing the, I don't want to call it the Seahawks model from the, Legion of Boom because that team was just so elite and hit on so many draft picks but the idea of them building up everything around a QB and hoping one of the later round guys I know like Ritter was like a third round pick Russell Wilson was a third round pick so the idea of like building all this infrastructure out like they've paid and drafted a bunch of linemen they took Kyle Pitts in the top five over Justin Fields and uh, Mac Jones and then they took drake london over garrett wilson which looks dumb but like over some other you know quarterback stuff like that they took Bijan robinson uh in the first round as well in the top seven so i think they're trying to build up this infrastructure around a quarterback in the mold of the tennessee titans like their head coach came from um uh and Arthur, uh as name arthur smith they're going to hand the ball off, off a lot. Tyler Algier could also be in the mix. Corderell or Patterson. Corderell Patterson. Their defense doesn't seem like it's great, but they have a really good corner, uh, young corner, and Terrell. I think they're going to be good, and I think everyone else in this division kind of stinks. Um, The Saints, I don't know. Dennis Allen isn't a great coach. Seems like they keep kicking the can down the road, trying to make it work with Derek Carr. Derek Carr had a really bad year last year, and maybe he's just dust now. Who knows? The Panthers mortgage their future for the first pick. Their def- their offensive line's terrible. They have no skill, position, talent. And then um, Tampa Bay is tanking for Caleb Williams. I mean, they're starting Baker Mayfield. That's all you need to know. So I like the Falcons. Got it at plus 225. Could see the Saints winning this division too, but it's definitely a one-playoff team division.
0: Definitely one playoff team. I don't trust Desmond Ritter. I've seen him play football, and it's made me not love watching football. Um, yeah, Agreed. I agree. I
1: think I think he's terrible as well.
0: I have the Saints to win this division. I actually think this this could be like a very fun competitive division. I think Baker Mayfield on the box is going to be. He is just going to be heaving the ball downfield to Mike Evans. It's going to be like um, Jameis. Yeah, I and I can't wait if they just like say it. like they cut him loose. I hope he tries to go for like a 35 a, 35 a season. Cause I feel like he could probably do it. Uh, I I think the Panthers and the Falcons are going to be at the bottom. And I think it's going to be the saints and actually maybe the bucks. Cause I think Baker can actually be a pretty good game manager. I think people are really low on them, but I do think the saints make win that division and they might win it at, at eight or nine wins. Um, I just don't trust Desmond Ritter. I don't, Trust Bryce Young. Um and the Bucs, I think, have lost a lot. And they might be competitive because I think Baker is probably the second best quarterback. Um, I don't know why I still believe in him, but I do. Uh, but yeah, they're they're certainly a one, a one playoff team similar to the AFC South. Uh, which leaves the the NFC East. My pick is gonna be the Eagles, obviously. They were there last year. Um, I feel like they did lose some pieces on defense. Uh CJ Gardner Johnson is gone. Uh, Hargrave is gone to the 49ers. But they, they were lost
1: seven to- starters, right?
0: Yeah, the middle of the defense was kind of shredded. Uh like the linebacker the weak the weak point is is definitely linebacker and safety. But you bring back Slay and Bradbury on the outside. You have your uh you lose uh Hargrave on the defensive line that was like record setting sack wise, but you bring in Jalen Carter who's who looks looked yeah, fantastic. He was awesome. and, Baby and, and Rhino. And the most talented player in the draft who went ninth due to some off field issues. Um you got Nicobe Dean's going to be stepping into that linebacker position, but that defensive line is pretty much intact. And you got a young guy at you year two Jordan Davis. Um offensively, offensive line should be top five top three top one again uh if they stay healthy uh kelsey and lane johnson are two staples that anyone who plays around them i think becomes better jalen hurts has proven that he can make incredible leaps and bounds at every level and has a very rare mindset i think um in how he approaches the game and some of the stuff on paper i think is corny, but when you hear him say it and you hear him talk, it actually seems like genuine and not like this. Yeah, he
1: he's like a real dude. He doesn't seem like a he seems like everywhere he goes, people seem to like like him also.
0: Yeah, I know people that um I've actually known a couple people who work in the sports industry who've like worked with him and have like that he's like an incredible person too, which is always helps, especially when you're trying to be um a leader. Uh, I like that. they. I think they made good changes. Miles Sanders gone to the Panthers because they didn't want to pay him. He was a little bit upset about that. But, I mean, you get to the Super Bowl, he fumbles the first snap. Uh, he's getting paid $7.2 million in Carolina. The Eagles have Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, got DeAndre Swift, and Rashad Penny paying them all um, the $7.2 million. So, Howie's incredible with the cap. He's going to make moves that – help this team. And last year was just a great fun year all around. This year is not going to be as fun. I already know it. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be more difficult. And the standard is now after losing the super bowl, it's going back to the super bowl, winning the super bowl. Um, and they're going to be my pick to do that. Obviously picked them to do it last year. Uh, the chiefs, I think are probably the best team in the NFL, but are going to have to win three or four tough playoff or two or three tough playoff games. To get to the Super Bowl, the Eagles are going to have to win, like maybe one, if, maybe one, maybe if they get the one seed. Um, so, if the Eagles' future, uh, I actually don't have a lot of futures on them because they're. I don't think there's a lot of value. They're like, three, yeah, there's
1: three, no. The, they last year three was to year one to win that.
0: the NFC. I'm not taking that bet. Like, I don't need to lock money up for six months to for a three to one bet. Um, I think the Cowboys are talented. I think they're going to make the playoffs as a, the top card team. Uh, I, the team, uh, the giants I think are going to be bad. Maybe it's, because, I agree with this. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm up in Hoboken. I'm surrounded by these giant fans last year. We heard nothing, mm-hmm. but Dable is amazing. The giants have, the worst roster in the NFL. I can't tell you how many different times I heard someone say, "Look what he's doing with on paper, the worst roster in the NFL." What did they do to get better? They got Darren Waller, and he's they got a glass, and they got what Isaiah Simmons from the Cardinals. They didn't do anything to get better. They just re-signed their own guys. They didn't do anything, and all I heard last year was worst, worst, worst. To, oh my God, they're so bad. The roster's so bad. Dable's this incredible coach the Eagles kick the shit out of them every time they play them, whether it was their starters, their backups, regular season playoffs, every which way, like this team is not ready to win. They're not ready to compete. Uh, They're going to like, they're going to win some games, but they won a lot of close games last year that they shouldn't have won. I'm very low on them. Um, I think that they're, I think
1: the commanders are better than them.
0: I, yes, I think last year was their best season. I actually don't think, I think the commanders, I don't trust Sam Howell as far as I can throw him. I have their alternate under win totals at under four and a half. Um, Cause I think they're the worst team in the division. They might lose every division game. Uh, maybe they beat the giants one time, but I think the giants and the Redskins are oop, the commanders are not going to be anywhere near.
1: We'll cut that. We'll near, cut
0: that near the, uh, near the playoffs. So I don't know how you feel about the NFC East, but it's the NFC in, in a total is the Eagles to lose. And if they get the one seed, which I think they should, even though they have a difficult schedule, no one is going no team in the nfc is going into philadelphia to winning a playoff game so i think that's where the the key to the nfc lies
1: yeah and uh so i think it's going to be i think the cowboys win the division i think that the eagles little super bowl hangover maybe some worse injury luck some new starters breaking in some younger guys do i fully believe this like do i have a future on the cowboys to win the division no but we're on a podcast. I think they both make the playoffs. I think they're, I mean, they both people forget Cowboys won 12 games back-to-back seasons, even though Dak did not have a good year last year and missed a bunch of time. They added Brandon Cooks, which I think is super sneaky. Um, that guy is just everywhere he goes, he catches a hundred balls for a thousand yards. He's gonna be out of the slot. They lose Dalton Schultz. Um they're backfilling with Ferguson. Their offensive line should be a little better. Um, that guy they took out of Toledo is a year older. They might unleash Tony Pollard. And then Micah Parsons is like the most terrifying presence in all of football. Uh, and they added Stefan Gilmore. So I think the Cowboys are going to get the one seed. Um, I think the Eagles make the playoffs and that gets, and then I think the I have the giants under seven and a half wins. That is my strongest take in this division. I think the giants are terrible. I think they made the mistake of it kind of reminds me of like LSU, like we talked about last week, where it's like, oh, they won a bunch of these close games and like they kind of came out of nowhere and like they didn't really do anything super impressive. And like the them beating the Vikings was like the equivalent of LSU beating Alabama, where it's like everyone remembered that, but they didn't remember LSU playing Georgia or the Giants playing the Eagles the next week. And they didn't remember that Daniel Jones is the same Daniel Jones who we didn't, who didn't get his fifth year option picked up. And Jaden Daniels is the same Jaden Daniels that like almost got benched last year and went to Arizona state and like was a transfer. It's like, it's similar to me where it's like, I liked both those teams under, I have the Giants under seven and a half wins. I think they might finish in last I didn't bet on them to finish in last because again, the commanders aren't great, but that defense I think can be frisky if chase young were ever to get healthy. Cause we saw what he was in college. Uh, it's actually kind of sad that he hasn't been great. Didn't get his pick option picked up, but so NFC playoffs, I have Cowboys one. I have Niners two. I have uh, the Minnesota Vikings three. I have the Atlanta Falcons four. I have the Philadelphia Eagles five. The Seattle Seahawks six and the Green Bay Packers seven.
0: Wow. So we have none of the same division winners in the NFC. I have the Eagles one, Seahawks two, Lions three, Saints four. Um it's chalky. I gotta pick the Eagles to go back to the Super Bowl. Um, I I really don't know who else challenges them. Uh and in the AFC, I don't know who's going into Arrowhead and winning a playoff game. Um I thought about maybe picking the Jacks but that seems like kind of dumb and not uh not realistic. I don't know the last time we had a uh a rematch, a Super Bowl rematch in back-to-back years. I can't think of it in in my lifetime ever happening. Uh but I think we're going to get it this year because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and the NFC is down overall. Um, I don't hate what you said about about the NFC East. I just something about the leadership on the team of uh like looking at this team, Jalen Hurts, you got an older Lane Johnson, an older Jason Kelsey who've been there before. Eagles certainly had a Super Bowl hangover the year after they won it. Uh, but that was weird circumstances. I don't think Carson Wentz he he was like a whole nother situation that was
1: similar like Cardale Jones JT Barrett honestly
0: yeah but I think good teams are good teams and good quarterbacks are the key to uh winning games and winning playoff games and I think that every quarterback in the league Mahomes is head and shoulders above everyone else and then it's probably Jalen Hurts Joe Burrow and then maybe like just below Trevor Lawrence would be my grouping of people that I would want on my team. Uh, So I'm going to take where three of those guys are in the AFC and only one's in the NFC. I'm going to take the one quarterback in the NFC who I think is head and shoulders above everyone else in that league. Uh, So I like the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I have the Eagles against the Jets, the Cooler Talk Bowl. That would be unbelievable.
0: We might have to do a little – we might have to do a little parlay: Eagles to win the NFC, Jets to win the AFC, and then put enough on it that would be enough for two Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> yeah. We need to put so, a so, lot if on. Get, so if we get there, we'll have it. We'll have enough to uh, to pay our way there for the whole down payment on that.
1: That'd be incredible. I have the. That might I'll be say the. the e-
0: e- that might be the end of this podcast if we ever if it came to it.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know if we do an episode. We'd have the Super Bowl recap three weeks later. Super Bowl recap would be a one-man. It would be a one Exactly.
1: It'd be two separate one-man episodes. It's like (laughs) the two sides of the breakup, the two
0: sides of the crime.
1: Uh, That being said, I will take the Eagles over the Jets. Um, I think that the best way – I think the most Jets thing of all time would be to get all the way there and – just to have like a team in the northeastern vicinity. Now again, it wouldn't be as bad as losing to the Giants or losing to like the Patriots in the AFC Championship or anything, but having a team that's also just close enough that you have to think about it all the time, ruin, you know, ruin the wet dream. So I'm gonna go Eagles over Jets.
0: All the time on here. Yes.
1: I would never stop thinking about it. I'd probably cry myself to sleep every night.
0: Yeah. Um I know. I feel like we talked talked about this last year. What would happen if the Giants and the Jets both both were like the one season were hosting Championship Sunday, both of them? How would that? What would they do?
1: What was our answer last year? Like play one Saturday, they play one Sunday.
0: That they both stink, so that it would never happen.
1: Yeah, I I don't think they've ever had to worry about this.
0: I don't think they ever they ever will either
1: exactly but i think what would happen would be the jets would like you know a couple of years later would announce that they're building their own stadium which would be the coolest thing ever but i'd imagine they'd have to play one saturday one sunday
0: what would actually probably happen is the jets would go and play over at P- in piscataway at Rutgers stadium in front of twenty thousand people
1: or they would would they lose their home field like what that there has to be something. Maybe that's our homework for the week. We find out what, what would happen.
0: Yeah, maybe that's out there somewhere. We can we can circle back to that. But, um, wow, this was a long one. I mean, you get the college football week one recap, you get the NFL preview. A uh, bonus bet. This was a vision bet. Follow me on Twitter. I, I saw vision. this first touchdown. Sam Laporta, rookie for the Lions, gonna have the first touchdown of the NFL season. He's 19 to 1. Uh, if you're on any of these books you're going to get you're going to get some sort of risk free bet. Don't put it your risk free mm-hmm. bet on the Chiefs -7 $10 to win $10. Put your risk free bet on Sam LaPorta first touchdown $10 to win 200 and you're paying for drinks this weekend. Um but
1: speaking of uh speaking of paying for drinks, we can give our preliminary cards. It's only Wednesday. We'll have the graphic out Thursday morning before kickoff. Um, do you want to do college football then NFL or do you want to do Yeah, you we can go start with college. We can start okay. with college,
0: but- I don't have a lot. I have five picks. Um, especially I'm gonna be at Penn State, so I'm not gonna have a ton of eyes on the board. Um the NFL, I decided to pick something in every single game. nice. Uh, I I like Nebraska at Colorado. Uh probably gonna take them there plus one thirty-six on the money line, probably gonna take that instead of taking the three. Notre Dame minus seven and a half at NC State. Uh they look good. I think Hartman's gonna put up points and NC State didn't look great against UConn, which was uh, a great call by you last week, tailed there. Utah minus mm-hmm. seven and a half at Baylor. They looked good last week. I think they're going to continue to look good, whether or not rising plays. Uh A&M at Flor at Florida or at Miami. I have Miami plus the four and a half. Might That's take true. them on the money line. This is just a line that like doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I'm taking Miami. I did that last week and I was pretty successful with taking Toledo, Fresno mm-hmm. and um, someone else who's escaping me right now. And then App State, North Carolina, over 58 and a half. We saw this game last year. This game is chaos written all over it. It's starting at 5 15 PM, uh, which is a crazy start Eastern mm-hmm. time zone start time. Uh, and that game could literally be zero zero with, th- with five minutes left in the third quarter. And I think this over would have hit last year. So that will be a fun one. That game's going to be chaotic. Um, so those are my five college picks.
1: Yeah, for college, this is just what I have so far. Uh, I like Illinois plus the three at Kansas. Illinois obviously should have lost to Toledo last week, yet that number hasn't moved much, so it kind of makes me suspicious. I think Kansas is kind of, you know, Jaden Daniels is awesome, or Jalen Daniels is awesome. The rest of their team didn't look that great against Missouri State. I have Baylor plus seven and a half against Utah. Um, my plan this week is kind of like fade the overreaction. So Utah Thursday night, they go out, they kick the shit out of a Florida team that honestly wasn't very good. And they might not have their quarterback. Baylor gets upset by Texas state. It's at Baylor. I'm taking the seven and a half. Cause it doesn't make any sense. Nebraska plus three. Nebraska's coming off a tough loss where the offense didn't look good. Colorado's coming off. If you ask, you know, if you ask the regular person, they would just won the Super Bowl. So I'll take Nebraska. I'm taking North Carolina State plus seven and a half against Notre Dame. I think they can keep that close. Just run the ball a lot. They didn't look great against UConn. Notre Dame's look super good. I don't really know. Uh, I like Purdue plus three coming off the loss to Fresno State. I like Miami plus four and a half against Texas A&M. We saw this game last year. Texas A&M won. Both these teams underperformed last year. I think Miami. Even if even if it was Miami, Ohio, they look like they're starting to implement this uh, the strength of the lines up front against Cristobal with Cristobal. So I have them. I have UTSA against Texas State. Texas State coming off that Baylor win. UTSA coming off a tough loss, and I have uh smu plus 15 and a half against oklahoma i have texas tech plus six and a half against oregon and that's all for what i have right now i might add more by the time it comes out thursday you want to give the nfl picks
0: yeah so obviously sam laporta first touchdown of the nfl season 20 to win 400 that would be incredible um but other than that normal normal plays first game of the year. Lions, Chiefs, if you watch either of these teams play last year, they like to score. They don't like to stop people from scoring. I'm taking uh, the over. I like the Steelers at home against the 49ers. Uh, they're plus 114 on the money line, uh, which I think Steelers are going to surprise some people. 49ers going to be bad. I like the Bucks plus six at the Vikings. Um, Texans, Ravens, under 44. Texans won't score. Ravens run the ball a lot. Jack's Jags minus five at the Colts. I think this game's going to get away from Indianapolis saints minus three at home against the Titans, uh, the Bengals at the Browns Bengals laying two and a half Washington commanders minus seven against Clayton tune and the Arizona Cardinals uh, the Panthers money line against the Falcons, the Eagles minus four in new England on Tom Brady day. I think that might even take an alternate at like minus nine and a half. They might, they might kill them. Mac Jones might turn the ball over four times. Uh, I have the Jets money line against the bills. That's good. Uh, Cowboys giants prime time NFC East. If there's ever been an under to take, if there's an under to take in week one, it's this one Sunday night football. Uh, and then Broncos at home against the Raiders minus four uh, Packers against the bears. I think the Packers go in and they win that game. They're minus one Oh five on the money line. That's about a pick them dolphins chargers. 425, this is going to be the chaotic red zone game where both teams score 35 points. So I have the over and then Rams, Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks minus five and a half. So pretty uh, consistent with what I had in my futures. Uh, so last week on the graphic, I know I see you You didn't really mention this. I went seven and one, you went <laughs> 500. So off to a good start. And we have some more, against each other on some of those college picks. So uh, you might have a chance to make up some ground or have a chance to extend this lead a little bit further before we uh, we really get into the bulk of the season.
1: Yeah, quickly, uh, NFL games, I have, just like you, the over in that first game. Even if Travis Kelsey's out, I think we're going to see a more exciting game. I have the Browns uh, plus 2.5 at home against the Bengals. I have uh what else did I have here? I have Tampa Bay plus six against Minnesota It just seems like a game that's like Minnesota wins by four and you're like that was yeah, so Vikings, fucking stupid
0: Vikings win close games
1: yeah exactly People
0: forget well this should be a reminder PSA um don't take all the favorites and yep. NFL games are they're always close they are yep. like almost always close you you don't see double digit lines it's not like college you see seven seven is almost like the baseline. I feel like mm-hmm. NFL there's there, there's only one double digit spread this week. So, so six exactly. points matters in the NFL.
1: Yeah. And then I have the Packers plus the one at the bears. Um, I think the Packers are going to be a lot better than the bears this year. I think their defense is a lot better. Um, I have considered taking new England on Tom Brady day, but I, that one, gives me the vibe of I take it because I'm like, Oh, why is that four? That's weird. And then it's like, it was four because if someone was an idiot and the Eagles are just so much better. So I'm going to stay away from that. And then I like the jets plus two and a half. I'll probably take a money line too on Monday night. Um, If I add to that card at all, I will, uh, those will all be updated by Thursday Uh, before the game, the graphic will come out with our final cards, um, and the adjustments will come if necessary before Saturday and Sunday
0: yeah um, the only other bet that I did not mention that I have I have the Eagles to start five and zero, is plus three eighty um which I took oh I like that they play here's their first five games they play at New England, which we just talked about I think that's a win home against the Vikings who the Vikings are going to be the best team they play in the first five weeks, but a team who historically the Eagles have their number and it's uh, a home opener in Philadelphia where you're giving mm-hmm. the masses 12 hours to tailgate. Um, that place is going to be rowdy. They're probably going to do the NFC championship banner. Um, I think the, and the Eagles have really dominated the Vikings of late. Then they play the box on the road, which is going to feel like a home game in Tampa who's probably lost mm-hmm. a lot of interest. Um, and then they're home against the commanders. And then they're in LA to play the Rams. So like I think plus three eighty is great value if they beat the Patriots this week. If they start two and zero, they'll start five and zero. So mm-hmm. uh, plus three eighty there, I, I really like a lot um, in two games where I think they're probably going to win um, all those games. And then we we will get Eagles Jets Week Six.
1: Yeah, which unfortunately is well actually for you it's kind of nice that it's in New Jersey.
0: Yeah, I mean it's more convenient for me. Yeah, uh, closer to me, but. That one will be that one will be fun. That's a 425 star. Maybe we'll have to get over there and, and try to check out uh, MetLife. But Aaron Rodgers has, been, has made Jets tickets harder to obtain than. Yes. Than we've seen in recent years. Yeah. And
1: that'll be hopefully a common theme because if the prices go down, maybe the record did too. But you heard it here first. Jets. Eagles Super Bowl. Eagles are winning it. We both agree on at least one of those things. Um, full cards will be out Thursday adjustments when necessary. Anything else from you, Dom? This is a long one, but it's a big one. It's an NFL preview. Um, So
0: yeah, you get, if you live to be 75, you only get 75 NFL seasons. So that's 75 week ones. Enjoy it. Uh, just sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. Before you know it, it's going to be February and the season's going to be over and we're going to be wishing we were where we are right now. So I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Um, Football will officially be back. Officially, officially, officially back tomorrow night um, as we kick it off. And Sam Laporta, first touchdown. Heard it here first.
1: Yeah, and remember, it's week one for everyone.